0: You're listening to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast.
1: Oh, Scotland going for an effort, it's in! He's done it again! James McFadden scores for Scotland! France are
2: stunned, and Scotland lead in Paris!
0: Hello and welcome to the Burst Bob podcast. This week we'll be pouring over all the action from the Scottish Cup, delving into the controversy surrounding Greg Stewart and Jordan Jones of late, giving our obscure Scottish Cup memories and looking ahead to the draw for the next round. To do that, I, Ryan Crombie, I'm joined by Tom McKinnon. Hello Tom, it's been a while. Yeah,
2: thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me, fresh off a, a Bonzer weekend in Montrose.
0: <laughs> I think that's the first time anyone has ever come away with that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also joining me and Tom is Lewis, Lewis Burrell Hello Ryan, hello Tom, pleasure to be here
1: Terrible, terrible weekend for the world But nevertheless, going to pick up my spirits tonight
0: Yeah. Well, we will be hoping to do that um, Terrible weekend on and off the park for yourself, Lewis, I'd imagine um, <laughs> So, <laughs> I think there's only one place to start for the Scottish Cup this weekend um, And that's in Ayrshire auchinlecht Talbot one Air United nil. Uh, be honest, guys, did any of you see this coming? I've see, seen pundits in the media trying to say that, oh well, I'm not actually too surprised by this result. But a junior team beating a championship side, I mean, come on! I think um, it's the biggest Scottish Cup upset in certainly our decade. Anyway, would you agree?
1: Oh, I was I was very very surprised to see it happening. I thought obviously we've seen Air this season; they've been brilliant brilliant form in the championship. Although, you know, yesterday, I did, I think when I was watching them, in the first half, they had the better, the Auchinleck, but I didn't think they looked brilliant at all, they looked really, really ordinary, uh, you would never have thought, I mean, I watched Ross County yesterday as well, The title rivals, and they, they looked like absolute chop and cheese, the two of them, so I don't know, I think maybe without Shankland, I, I don't like to say it, but I, I think without Shankland, they're maybe nothing special, because Craig Moore up top, certainly, he couldn't finish his dinner up there, he was, he was terrible, he looked worse than nothing, to be honest. Uh no, you couldn't You couldn't have seen it coming. You you thought this was Auchinleck's big game. I think they were treating it like a big game. This was their cup final, if you like. They obviously, it's a sell-out crowd and everything. They sure that. No, I think you thought... I thought the air were going to come and it would be like a kind of 2 or 3-0 victory and it would be as far as like could go. So uh, it was d- definitely upset
0: mm. I mean, the thing that surprised me... I, only I didn't catch the game. I was making a, a trip elsewhere, which we will come on to. But, uh, Tom, the thing that sort of struck me was... They didn't kind of sit back and they didn't go with a game plan of sort of mm-hmm. just accepting the fact that they're the junior team here, massive underdogs, and they're going to be turned over by Air United, who, let's be honest, their aim this season is to get promoted from the Championship. They, mm-hmm. I mean, they had a offside goal, um, certainly a few chances before they got that that vital goal, didn't they? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it was uh, quite interesting. From uh, to, to make it all about me just for a second, as someone who's watched maybe. Uh, the amount of games amount of juniors that I've watched I count in one hand so I was quite interested to see if as you said it could be just a total mismatch and I didn't quite expect that knowing that the magic of the cup would be alive and the pitch would be small the, and it would be a sellout as it was um, but no they, they did put up quite a good fight and it's quite good from a Dunne united United uh, perspective if this is a, hopefully a bit of a hammer blow to A United's title spirits
0: Yeah I mean I think the worrying thing for A United is that they haven't arrested this terrible run of form Mm -hmm. that they've been in i think i seen it was their worst run of form since they got relegated from the championship Mm -hmm. two years ago um do you expect given that you're the championship aficionado on here Mm -hmm. do you expect Air united to fall away or do you think that it is just a case of them missing shankland Mm. which i mean in itself is a worry
2: i I suppose if they do keep shankland which mccall's adamant that he is and even if they do sell, and we get getting back on loan, it seems to be their policy. Um, and I think to say the fall away would be a bit harsh, given that they are. Um, I would say punching above their weight, but they do have quite a good. Or they've got a good starting eleven, but they do have a way a thin squad. I think they had four players on the bench last week. Um, I'm not sure how many was on the bench, uh, for the Talbot game, but, um, I I could see them dropping off quite a bit, but when you've got a player like does, as, as I think, here, hope they will come February the 1st that he is like Dobby enough to keep you at least going and they've got more than enough points to stay up ready and that, I'm sure that's not a, a consideration but and, and that might play a part a wee bit as well you maybe see the, the New promoted team just drop off and that they're safe obviously Miles safe but um, and they start maybe falling out the top 3 could uh, fall away completely
1: I think they got really sort of spooked yesterday when you watched mm-hmm. them I mean in the first half they didn't really do anything but they did have the line share of possession aye mm-hmm. and in the second half. I think Winock and Lake got in at 0-0, and they I think the way their manager had said to them, Look, this team are buying average, we're playing here. Mm-hmm. And Winock and like as you saw yourself, Winock and like went to them in the second half and had a bit more of a go. I mean yeah, I think they looked, uh they looked spooked, you know, the whole kinda of, the least intimate atmosphere and nothing got to them, I think they they looked, they looked terrible, to be mm-hmm. honest. And that uh I have to give a mention to, I can't remember his first bit, Glasgow, the winger for and like I thought he was brilliant, mm-hmm. he goes went off went off as a sub but uh, Thought he caused all sorts of problems in that flying?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, ju- it just shows you the, the sort of the level of quality that's in the juniors. I well, I mean, you've seen the the kind of atmosphere that was created around like I mean, that was their cup <laughs> final. The same kind of the build up they had all season, eh, all week before the game. Sorry, it was just what you would expect to see media coverage like before a team in a cup final. They had mm-hmm. the badges all over the town. People are making like cakes, just all these kind of things. It's brilliant to see, Tom, isn't it? Just sort of what a tie yeah. like that can do for mm. a junior club.
2: Yeah, we we'll remember it very much vaguely from the Junior Cup last season. Drove through going to Kumnick, Um and it was there was bunting up for that as well. And it was looked much the same as you said it was their sort of cup final. So, uh, apart from th- anything else, the financial boost that they'll get from it is massive. And, could have done with maybe another big tie but um no it's brilliant for a team like that and obviously making it a local rivalry as well doubles up the fact that how good a result it is because had that been against Ross County or even United um I'd, <laughs> a massive result it would be but the fact it's against here has made it just even better
0: yeah it's the icing on the cake really and you mean mm. you suggested that they should uh that they would have wanted an even bigger tie but I mean, mm-hmm. got the chance to get revenge against Hearts in the next round I mean, mm-hmm. obviously we'll come on to the, the draw later on but I mean, that's another big sort of windfall of cash coming their mm-hmm. way and I think it's, I'm right in saying it's the first time a junior team has ever got to the fifth round of the Scottish Cup so it's just brilliant um, and congratulations I think from all of us on the Bush podcast to Auchinleck mm-hmm. and they'll be hoping that they... Uh, do as well as they done at Tincastle last time. I think they had a a goal chopped off at nil 0 and Hart. It, yep, sp- yeah, spot on, and they should have been one 0 up and Hearts only scored in the eighty fourth minute. I mean, I think I was speaking to the well known KC about this the other day, and he thought that Hearts had put out a, a really weak side for that game and we, we looked it up and it was actually like Rudy Scatcho, Ian Black and the likes were all playing, so <laughs> Auchinleck can give anyone a game on their day and obviously, Hearts at home, you'll be expecting them to go through, but as we've seen with, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, other teams in this round, it's not always the case but yes, well done to Auchinleck and I think, unless there's any other comments people want to make on that, we'll move on to the, the next big shock if you will, of the round yeah. Uh, That would be, of course, (laughs) Aberdeen 1, Stenhouse Muir 1. I made the the trip up for this one, and safe to say I regretted it immediately. (laughs) Uh, One of the worst performances I've ever seen under Derek McInnes from Aberdeen. I mean, to think it's a bad performance, but to be able to be so bad and draw with Stenhouse Muir, I mean, no disrespect, obviously, to Stenhouse Muir, who were brilliant, and you have to give them credit for coming to Potaudry, they defended well, but it's just, it should never have got to the point of that, especially after going ahead. Aberdeen were just, they looked lethargic, looked like they were in holiday mode, and it was kind of, looked like a bit of the attitude of, well, we're just going to turn up, beat Stenhouse-Muir here, uh, worry about the game on Wednesday against Hamilton and deal with it the next round when it comes to that, and that certainly wasn't the case. Stenhouse-Muir, I mean, these teams are always going to come up, fight for it and that's what they've done Aberdeen just offered absolutely nothing throughout the game I mean obviously had a few missed chances here and there which you would expect minimum from Aberdeen given the quality they have on their side but were you surprised, well I mean I'm not even going to say that but what did you make of this scoreline Tom?
2: Yeah, It was strange, the one thing you would um, maybe expect from the winter break and a tie like this where it's not like and we'll get on to it Motherwell Ross County the two teams there's not a great difference in um, ability wise and player wise imagine the players that Aberdeen have got are man for man better than the players that Sennheis Muir have got um, the, the thing you would expect from a winter break is that they've had time and I'm not saying they've, they've gone to Dubai for two weeks or however long it was and just right this is how we're going to set up against Sennheis Muir but they'll have known this game is coming they've had a long time to prepare for it and as I said, I'm sure it's not their main priority, but you kind of expect this to be a fairly routine, uh, sort of gentle ease into back into football, proper football again. But um, yeah, not very good from Aberdeen. Met a couple of Aberdeen fans on the train back from Untrose, uh last night um, and they weren't too happy either with the result.
0: No, I mean, I think it's especially after going ahead as well. I mean, Aberdeen kind of huffed and puffed until they got the goal, got the goal and just looked like they thought the job was done, which it's just it's proven that you just can't do that at any level, and Aberdeen were punished, I mean, I don't know if we probably have, but the, the Stenhouse-Muir goal was brilliant, they, the one time that they, they put a decent delivery into the box, which Aberdeen failed to do the entire game, everything was blocked, lethargic build-up, slow, it just shows you one good ball into the box in your level, and they've got to drop to Audrey Lewis.
1: I obviously I've only I've only seen a sort of brief highlights that sports showed us of it, but it was something that I, I was really really surprised to see it to be honest because Aberdeen under Derek McInnes you you do expect especially at home I mean Aberdeen playing a bottom six team in the SPL at home you generally expect them to win quite easy quite easily and you would you would never bet against it so I would think that that would have been in a lot of people's cuttings yesterday was that, yeah I'd say as much as it was only a draw that that's up there for the upset of the round as well how consistent Aberdeen are at home it was almost a sort of I should. Sure you'll agree. Ryan. I mean. It was almost a sort of flashback to Aberdeen of sort of ten years ago, like Dumbarton and things up at up at Pataudry. Oh no, who was it? Uh, Beat them at years
0: Used Queen's Park. <laughs> <laughs>
1: aye, it, you know. You used to sort of expect. I mean, Aberdeen used to be a wee bit a sort of a soft touch if you like at home to lesser to lower league teams in the the early stages of the cup. But they've really snapped that out over the last few years. So it was. I was surprising to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that. I think it's just everyone's got used to. Aberdeen being so such a professional yeah. side, and this game they just they just were not. I mean, the the performance levels from near enough every single person. Funnily enough, Max Lowe and Greg Stewart, I would say, were the only ones who perhaps got pass marks, and those were the two guys that weren't in Dubai. So it might tell you where the minds of the rest of the team were still in holiday mode. Um, but it was just. It was one of the most boring games of football that I've ever been to. It was just (laughs) not. I mean, the highlights make it look like a a relatively exciting game with Greg Stewart missing an open goal that he should have buried, uh, striking the bar and a few other kind of pot shots. But it was just so lethargic, boring. And honest to God, if Aberdeen turn up and play like that in the replay, then they're going to get turned over because it's not easy I mean, it sounds like a bit of a cliche, but you're not going to get the break of the ball and all that thing going your way away at Oakleview. Um, it's Astro that Oakville View now, isn't it? So, it's just... It's just not what you want at all at this time of year, is it? Aberdeen, especially Aberdeen,
1: right up there in the league, trying to compete, trying to get in and about Celtic Rangers, and I think that's really not what you want, And it? Going there for a midweek game, when you, you should have had it done...
0: Done and at home. No. Um and it's just they complained well they not complained, but they had such a backlog of fixtures in December that ultimately they ran out of steam towards the end in terms of sort of injuries and all that, a lot of uh, energy related injuries, um and sort of wear and tear on the body. And they're now playing Hamilton on Wednesday, Kilmarnock on Saturday, then it'll be the fixture against Steny and then away to Hibs so it's not exactly ideal, as you say, Lewis. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, fair play to Stenhouse-Muir. Probably one of the results of their uh, decade, I would say. Um, well, maybe perhaps since the last time they beat Aberdeen in 1995. It's, uh, remarkably, stenhouse the only team senior football team Aberdeen have never beaten um, in their entire history, I think. Three times they've played them in a draw and... <laughs> two draws and a defeat remarkably so i i'll probably be going to that uh replay i mean not <laughs> not looking forward to it too much i think it's more just out of dedication rather than um anticipation so
1: no i don't think that the one for the football purists right? no
0: i mean the last time i was at a tie like that i think it was um Aloha away and it was just pissing down the entire game um <laughs> so, <laughs> terrible Terrible night. I mean, we did win you're that out, game, but
1: you're outstanding at Allo as well, aren't you? What do
0: you mean? What do you mean? Well, there's no shelter, Obi. Like
1: you've been a
0: stand. All right, standing outside. I thought you meant you like, were outstanding. <laughs> I was I <laughs> no. Did, no idea what you meant there. Um, but aye, exactly. So I don't know what local like in terms of. I mean, I know it's got the wee stand. At the side of that, I'm pretty sure Johnny would be able to enlighten us a bit more, uh, given he's been quite a few times with his uh, work, but yes, not one I'm looking forward to too much, um, and it's a case of just getting through, to be honest, regardless of how they do it, even if pen- if it takes penalties, but it's not far from ideal performance for Aberdeen this weekend, um, certainly not the, the return to football after the winter break they'd be looking for. Um, and the other kind of standout game that I've picked out um, perhaps not so much for a shock but in terms of the way it panned out St Mirren 3 Aloha 2 I mean this was some game wasn't it Lewis?
1: Aye I it was I really really enjoyed watching the highlights of that earlier I think a lot of people would have backed Aloha for a wee outsider in this one to be honest myself included Jim Goodwin going back there Did you? Obviously kind of what's that?
0: Did you back them?
1: I didn't no but I I didn't put money on it, but if you'd asked me about it, I would have said, oh, I would think Aloha won that. Right. And then, sitting at the game, <laughs> I looked at my phone, I looked at my phone halfway through and I saw or 2 nothing up, and I was like, aye, well, that would be St beat, because they're not a team, for what you've seen in them in the league this year, St aren't a team that you would ever you would ever associate with a kind of rousing comeback like that. I mean, when St when when it rains at post for St generally, if they go down, they've, they've not got a route back into the game, so it was... <laughs> I was very, very surprised to look at full-time and see that they'd snatched it 3-2, to be honest. Especially, I mean, it seemed, as banana skin cup ties go, it seemed like with the Turner Jim Goodwin and everything, how he's always linked with their job when it comes up, it seemed like it was written in the stars almost for Al- our lot go going win, and it did look like that for a long time, but no, credit to St Mirren.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm not sure if you've seen the, well, you've seen the highlights. Tom, have you seen the highlights from this one?
1: I have not. I've seen a, I've seen the goal, and then
2: I've seen, oh, I've seen one you of the see goals. the dive? Seen, Yeah, Lions,
0: yeah. Was it a dive?
2: Uh, I don't think so, but um, quite harsh to see him go for it. Yeah, it? Mm-hmm. he
0: was the mm. boy they just signed, isn't it? The, the Specky boy. Oh dear! Mm-hmm. Not to mm-hmm. that we have anything against the Specky people on this podcast. No, some of my best friends <laughs> no, no. are respectable <laughs> gentlemen. Who's that? <this>? yourself? <laughs> I wasn't sure if you're talking about GSM <laughs> <someday>. and <laughs> uh, Aye, I didn't personally. I thought that was a another sort of poor decision. Uh, mm. It could quite easily have cost St Mirren. And would you say that this is a turning point for Oren Kearney? I mean, I feel like we've been here before with St Mirren, but 2 0 mm-hmm. down at home and a man down as well and a cup tie. I mean, I think they only equalised with, what was it, 20 minutes to go? Yeah. Turning point, Tom? No. Yes or no?
2: Um, I think so. Well, I think it could be even. Um, They had a pretty yes much identical no? uh, result <laughs> this time last year. Mm. Uh, not this, uh, this, was it two years ago under uh, Jack Ross um, where they came back in the Scottish Cup and then from there including the big January transfer window that they had the massive overturn of players and, and that's pretty much identical to this January and then they've got this result on the back of it, it could be maybe it's a bit too symbolic to happen but you never know
0: mm. um, I mean the thing that struck me was uh, you just didn't see this coming from St Mirren and I mm. think the Obviously, the signings they've got in, I mean, it does obviously create a wee bit of an atmosphere about the place mm-hmm. in terms of getting new faces in and all that kind of thing. But you wouldn't have, ex- certainly if St Mirren went 2-0 down and were a man down earlier in the season, Lewis, they wouldn't have won this game.
1: Yeah, I agree with you absolutely there, Ryan. I mean, if that if yeah, if yeah that had happened in November, December, and that had happened to St Mirren, I genuinely don't think they would have come back and won that game, even against more league opposition. So I think that perhaps some of St Mirren's new, new signings, new blood maybe, sort of uh, maybe sort of regrouping a wee bit over the winter break, has, you'd like to think that maybe they've had some good work done there and they get into it with a bit more of a, a positive attitude now.
0: Aye. I mean, Tom, you'll know all about Aloha being a stuffy side to beat. The fact that St Mirren sort of showed the quality mm. to come back from 2-0 down and I mean, the, the winning goal was sublime. Mm. Do you think that they'll be able to carry this into their, their league form, do you think? Well, obviously it's crucial that they do, but can you see that transpiring?
2: Mm-hmm. I think so. Um, as I said about like, the, there is a, a bit of symbolism with the result, but I think you did uh, a wee bit of disservice there, because they are a very nice football inside as well, um, and they're one of the form teams of the country at the moment, um, before that result, and obviously they still will be in terms of league form, but um, I think if Kearney can get it right with the players he's bringing in. I think Hammond was a bit of a surprise going but there was a bit of a mixed response between uh, between the St. fans, so take their word for it. But it would have been a player that if they could have got fully fit so he can play ninety minutes once or twice a week, um, to really take them up, up the league as a Talisman, but you'd imagine if Kearney was maybe not happy to let him go but he went given all the money they're spending on players, they probably could have afforded an extra um to afford his wages anyway, but um, there might be something in the background there but I think their chances of staying up would have been helped significantly by Adam Hamelstein.
0: yes um, so well done to Talbot Stenha- Muir and St Mirren this weekend because that, that's the three games well three teams that I picked out for sort of ties of the round um, would you
2: agree
0: mm-hmm. uh, and just to look at some of the other results Tom you were at Montrose v Dundee United Um mm-hmm. In the car up, I actually picked this out as one of the games that could be an upset, ironically. Mm-hmm. Um, the exact opposite, which would you say surprised yourself from Dundee United, given the fact mm-hmm. just the Dundee United in these kind of situations in recent seasons has been, they've become a bit dodgy. But mm-hmm. it was the exact opposite. 4-0, comfortable winners against a side, obviously division below, but mm-hmm. impressed?
2: Yeah, I I was completely impressed. Um, surprisingly competent. Um, <laughs> it did as you said. It had all the makings for being a, um, an upset. You had a fairly local game, packed crowd, bigger attendance at Tannis, and there was at Den at Tannis. Um, in Montrose than there was at Dens. Uh, Jesus. No comment there for me personally, but. What did the D N I
1: D take in terms of crowd, Tom? Do you know? Um. That
2: that looked good packed, yeah, it looked quite packed on that really goal, I watched
1: it
2: and a half thousand. 2000? Oh, really? Aye. Yeah, it was... Aye, fa- fair play mm. to them. Um, but yeah, it was just a fairly competent performance, something I-, I wasn't I wasn't expecting, but I- I'd hoped for. The-, the The difference in ability did show between the two sides, because they were a League 2 team last season, and they're now a mid-table League 1 side, which, um, going up to the top of the championship, there is quite a difference, I think, and we did show that, which was... Um, which was good, particularly a performance of Jimmy Gomez back. He might feature a wee bit more in the at the end of this podcast, but um <laughs> he uh, one of my favourite players growing up and seeing him coming back at the age of thirty three, um, come from Singapore. I was a bit worried sort of you don't want your heroes to come home and tarnish the, the memories you had. I don't think he can, given he won the won the Scottish Cup and that will never be taken away from him. It could even be doubled this season, but we'll we'll wait till me to find that out. Um but he was really impressive, and I'm trying not to get too carried away about it because it was a team that we would be expected to beat four um, nil. But he he offered something in the midfield that maybe five he doesn't bring a bit more energy. So if if he can keep him fit, I'd I'd imagine he'll be one like Hamill was that couldn't play ninety minutes every week. But the signs are there that he's had an impressive season uh, signing, and Ian Harks, the boy from America, looks another one just looked competent. Um, playing forward passes quickly and he was direct without just lumping the ball up was quite uh, interesting to see as a, mid- a midfield player with a purpose. Obviously it was his debut in front of quite a good crowd but if he can play like that more more often than not then I think we've run for quite a good sign in there.
1: I love that Tom when the, the only uh, the only compliment you've got towards players is that they're you us for a tough
2: couple of years. It, <laughs> it's, it's been refreshing seeing these two come in um, but no I I don't want to say imp- impressive win. I think, um, like Saint Bern, I think you, know, you can sort of build upon this, and obviously Ross County got a good result as well, which is a bit annoying because I think they're probably going to be our um, main rivals, maybe uh, throughout the end of the season if we stay if we stay up there.
0: Um, well, that was that was That was going to be my next question to mm-hmm. yourself because that's sort of two decent ones in a row. I would. I would go on out on a limb and say that uh, beating a, a league one side um, mm-hmm. is actually very impressive given some of mm-hmm. us can't um, do that um, <laughs> but obviously home victory over Dunfermline after a couple of tricky mm-hmm. results against Alloa and Partick Thistle was it? Mm-hmm. So, air and a bit of a sticky patch themselves Dundee United looking to build on those two decent results mm-hmm. so you said there you think it'll be between you and Ross County at the top?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's why the result that we'll get on in a minute about Motherwell was a bit more disappointing than it probably would have been given it had no impact on us whatsoever because they themselves, uh, Ross County, hadn't been in particularly good form so you maybe think demoralising uh, defeat maybe three or four from Motherwell, obviously just fantasy there but maybe it could have put them in even more of a spiral given that they've lost Fontaine for the season, Cal Morris is out for a long time, that's two, two centre-halves two of good quality mm. for this level. Um, but you maybe think a win like that, similarly to um St Mirren, uh, might just give them a massive boost that they maybe things had been a bit in a bit of a lull um throughout January, but it could be the sort of result that it picks up their season or alternatively it could be the one where their maybe thoughts turn of a cup run and forget about the league, although the league is massively important to us counting their chairman, uh saying that, that it'll cost them uh, six hundred thousand pounds if they stay down again, which mm. You wonder where a local businessman's going to get that sort of money from.
0: Yeah, uh, you struggled to see how a club like Ross County, with the turnover that they produce, would be able to survive making that mm-hmm. uh, loss of money. I, th- I think they definitely, they definitely rely pretty heavily on Roy
1: McGregor's mm-hmm. backing. I think up there. I mean, when you look at for a championship team that have just been relegated, I mean, they carry every bit as strong a squad. I would say is the had last year to be honest and for a couple of seasons in the
0: Premiership they've got good good depth to it as well Aye Mm -hmm. Uh, I had a look next three fixtures for Dundee United probably a bit season defining would you agree Mm -hmm. Air away Morton at home and then Queen of the South away three Mm -hmm. on paper tricky fixtures obviously immediately you're looking at the air game away on Mm -hmm. it is that a Friday night yeah it's this Friday so what are you expecting from those three games if those are your season defining games
2: um, the air has been a, a tricky place for us to go. Not just Even, over the two seasons that we've played against each other in the championship. It's uh, um, not quite well far away from Air going to Talbot, but, but in terms of it's not a great pitch. The fans are right on you. It'll be a TV game, so it'll be quite a bit of added pressure. Given not only is it a TV game, but it's a, could be not a title decider, but a, a, a game between two close rivals but um, I think the bid for Liam Smith seems to have their defence a bit and if Franklin's <laughs> not playing you never know but um, it's tricky getting your hopes up because um, all three teams have got ways of hurting you in different ways, they're obviously a very good side and totally deserved where, to be where they are in the league and Martin are quite unpredictable and could easily finish in that fourth spot if not maybe slightly harder depending on if one of the one or two of the teams in the top three fall away. Um uh, as for Queen of the South obviously done the um struggle against them and they've got the best player probably outside the top four teams in Scotland, top five, top six mm. teams in Scotland and, and Dobie who can just <laughs> blitz you without even having without being like a good team performance, you can get three goals in half an hour and that's it, just totally gone. But um <laughs> Nine points, obviously, would be brilliant, but somehow I just don't see it happening. I would take five, I think, but if we're going to win the league and if we're going to really put out a statement, nine's probably what we need to be aiming for.
0: Yeah, I mean, lest we forget the last time Dundee United played there. Uh, <laughs> feels weird coming to you, Lewis, uh, off the back of Tom being slightly positive and you're, you're going to be <laughs> oh, immediately... It's funny hearing Tom being positive. <laughs> and then you immediately negative because you attended Motherwell's defeat to Ross County at the weekend, didn't you?
1: I did I was there it was uh, bitterly disappointing to be honest the The message coming obviously the players had been away in Tenerife mm. last week for a winter training camp and from all the sort of club interviews that were coming from over there it seemed to be that this was the beginning of a new season the way they were treating it and <laughs> all those other problems from the from the sort of first half of the season were going to be addressed and they, were, they, they seemed to be really really ready for this game and then what we saw from, from practically when the game kicked off was just what we've seen all season to be honest they were they were second to every ball in midfield the midfield just looked far too slow they didn't they looked you know rather than going away to Tenerife and building a, a team spirit and getting an understanding of each other camaraderie if you like they, you know they looked like eleven guys that had met up before the game and just said alright you playing together today you know they looked they genuinely looked like they didn't know each other at times and I think the new signing Gaboli Aribi or whoever the hell you say it I'll go with that <coughs> I think he looks looks like a really good player to be honest. Looks really skillful, nippy. But I think our our system completely failed him. He he looked he just looked like he didn't know what he was meant to be or what he was meant to be doing. Right. And yeah, it's, it's disappointing the way things are looking.
0: Right. From people who don't watch Motherwell that often this season, what had put? Could you put your finger on what's gone wrong? Because I mean, obviously we hear week in week out that it's people have sort of found Motherwell out this season. How true is that, or is it? A specific thing, or a sort of combination of things, from somebody who watches Motherwell week in week out. What's wrong with Motherwell this season?
1: Well, there's a few things. I mean, to be honest, we've been Motherwell have been started to get found out since about this time last year. You might remember. By found out. The, what do you mean? Teams just know exactly how to play against this. Team the physicality side in. of things. Uh, yes right. aye because that's, that's all we have I mean we've never since Robinson's come in that's worked very very well for us at times don't be under any illusions about that mm. I mean that got us to do cup finals but uh, th- we'd, we've never really had another way of playing and I suppose that's kind of kind of natural in a way if that's if the way you play is by getting balls into channels putting lots of balls into the box just winning a lot and pressing teams you, you're generally not really going to have anything else to fall on because you're doing that generally by necessity because of what, what you've got available to you but uh, this season I, I don't really know I can't account for it but just what's happened is the strikers are, are strikers aren't running the channels that they used to the the quality of crosses into the box which was brilliant last season I mean Richard Tate Charles Duck we had a lot of good suppliers last season into the box that they've been poor and we're not getting the same we're not getting the same volume of crosses into the box striker none of our strikers seem to be able to finish a midfield whereas last season I mean our midfield would our midfield was crushing anybody to be honest we were our midfield was dominating most games they played in. Celtic Rangers included it for a part, to be honest as well. And whereas this season that they, they look they look very slow at both else to be honest. They look very slow. They're they're not winning anything. They're not winning all the second balls that they used to. Our defence looked very, very unsure of themselves. Last season we kept a record number of clean sheets for the club. The defence looked brilliant, played with the back three. We've gone to the back four now. Defence looks really, really shaky. Peter Hartley and Tom Aldred through th- th- they kind of replaced each other. Last season, if you like, we all coming in when Hartley got injured. Mm. So then we've signed the two of them up for this season, and they're, they're playing together. But they don't look like they can play together. They don't look like there's any, any real chemistry there. Yeah, injuries, I know it's a... I would say it's an excuse, to be honest. It's trotted out quite a lot by the manager. But I think I don't think injuries have helped. that. But that's something that he's got to manage and got to deal with. And he has been given money and time and scope to deal with it. But uh, I don't think injuries have helped. But... No, there's, there's a lot of things to it, but I, I think uh, the style of football at the moment, they, they really don't know if they're coming or going, they don't know whether they're sticking with us, uh, the approach that we've had last season, the the three five two 2 the physicality, the long balls into the box, it was so successful, they don't know whether they're sticking to that or whether they're trying to build out from the back and uh, get the ball on the deck a bit more, which we don't have the players for, so it's a kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. Mm.
0: I mean, what strikes me there is that you've signed Ross McCormack and you've not mentioned him once in the sort of your analysis of the game there. I mean, I've seen he got substituted at half time. Do you think this is just kind of a signing that's papering over the cracks, if you will, brought in to do that? Because is he I've seen a, a few people suggesting he's at Motherwell because he's severely unfit. Um, would you go along with that assessment? Do you think that McCormack can come good at Motherwell or do you think that? he's just there to build up his fitness?
1: Well, I think that, put it this way, Ross McCormick could come in and be an absolutely brilliant player for us and it, it doesn't make this team particularly good because whatever happens in the last remaining months of this season, there needs to be a lot, a lot of ins and outs at the end of this season again because there's a, we've got far too bloated a squad, we've got players that are injured constantly and we've got a lot of players who have proven just to be not good enough and that they won't roll their sleeves up in and, and the heat a battle sort of thing. So, I think Ross McCormick even if he came in and really lifted the team it was going to be a short term thing he was ne- he was always papering over the cracks in a way uh, I think a lot of us knew to be honest that he was going to come in and be quite unfit um, he, you know he is just back from an injury as, as well as just lacking sort of match fitness uh, he is just recovering from an ankle injury I think it is and he, I think it was touch and goal whether he would play yesterday but he wanted to obviously get him in the park I would I mean don't wrong the manager knows better than me I would probably have brought him on later on for some impact if the game was still alive but he chose to start him it was, it was really, really poor yesterday, to be honest. it was, it was anonymous. I mean, it, you couldn't... You, you wouldn't have known he was on the park. He was playing up front with Danny Johnson, mm. both quite both quite small, both quite wily, players, but then we, we were back to playing this at a long ball, which just wasn't suiting either of them, so I couldn't understand why he'd gone with that personnel for that system. So the game wasn't suiting Ross McCormick, but he really, really wasn't looking good. He was looking unfit, but, you know, we all know what Ross McCormick can do, and I, I would hope that give them a few weeks, Get I mean, they can build up match fitness pretty quick, footballers, we've, we've seen it before at Muller, with players we've brought in, they can get match fitness fitness within three, four weeks, you can build a lot, lot better, and no, I, I still hold out hope that Ross McCormick will go be good, and make no doubt about bones about it, we're in a relegation fight, a straight relegation battle, mm. and I would I would much rather have somebody of Ross McCormick's calibre and experience in our side than not.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I'd, I'd probably agree with that. Um, In terms of, you mentioned you're in a relegation battle, Is it, well obviously it's disappointing to go out in the sort of first round of the cup after making both finals last year, but it seemed like the Scottish Cup would be a bit of an opportunity to sort of put a terrible league season behind them, but, and you mentioned there that they, they came out with this kind of lines about being right up for it and that, but did they look like they just didn't bother? Do you think there's an element like, well we got to a final last year, there's not really... Or do you think it's just an indictment of the way they're playing at the minute that sort of crept into that as well?
1: Well, they're, they're just a team that are... I suppose it was naive of us to, as fans, we like to think that they can turn a corner in three weeks come back and all the rest of it. But the reality is that they were a team, they're a team in really, really out of form. I mean, they're a, they're a poor, poor side at the moment. But you watched them yesterday and, you know, there's... I, I would have thought... I would have given St Mirren or Hamilton more of a chance to win that game yesterday than we did. Because as much as they're no great either, and you could argue they're worse than us, they're generally a lot better set up than that, and a lot more sort of structured. They've got more sort of rigid structure to them. Whereas I think I don't know what I, I get the impression, and I might be wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but I I get the impression that the players no longer. I sort of, believe maybe in what Robinson's telling them because we've, it's been wrong, it's been blatantly wrong a few times this season. The, the way he's set them up, and I think Rob. I think the players like Robinson. I think I think he's quite a personable guy, and I think the players all got on with him. But I, I think it's maybe at the stage now where they don't quite buy into his uh, buy into his ideas and the way he thinks the team should be playing because they they don't they look sort of it looks almost like a half-assed effort at times out there to be honest and I don't like saying that. I don't like accusing them of not trying because they're professionals and they do try but uh-huh. it, it, it doesn't look like they're fully behind the cause at the moment to be honest and it's it's disappointing.
0: Well, uh, we'll leave Motherwell so that you can be allowed time to reduce your heart rate. Um, yes, I agree. <laughs> other games to highlight probably Celtic 3, Airdrie 0 pretty routine for Celtic um, penalty um, some would say the obligatory Celtic penalty at Parkhead uh, missed by Scott Sinclair but then obviously followed up with two goals and a sort of debut goal by Oya. Um Tom, looks like he could be a good signing for Celtic I think that's sort of the main talking point mm-hmm. coming away from this game yeah he does, he
2: one of the assignment that is um, credited by some of the best voices in the game, one of which is Neymar. Seems like um, he rates him highly, and you'd, you'd imagine his opinion carries quite a lot of weight given mean, he's um, in the top five footballers in the world, um, and he's obviously quite highly thought of at uh, Paris Saint Germain. But um, he's one that similar to Burke. I think seems to be more of a winger, but can play up front. So while. They both will I think they'll both be very good signings for Celtic. Um albeit slightly odd given um a six six month loan isn't maybe um exactly what they're needing they maybe needing to replace them belly permanently, but um Edward could come good and I think he probably will as well, but um no, I think Tim Wale will be a a very good sign for Celtic.
0: Yeah. Um Lewis, the sort of quadruple save for from Scott Bain in this game was pretty spectacular wasn't it I'm not sure if you've seen it there
1: I have I saw it uh, it was a, a brilliant brilliant piece of goalkeeping I felt really sorry for Airdrie because I saw that yeah. I mean I think they, they must have sold out their away end there and you could hear them singing throughout the game because it was, it was a fairly flat atmosphere in the Celtic end and yeah I saw it and it was a, it was a complete scramble wasn't it or the, you know, it wasn't just Scott Bain I think it was Ralston that was right in on top of him as well getting his knee and his boot onto things as well it was a uh, right a real strumash if you like mm. in the goal mouth and it was a real team effort for Celtic to get it cleared, but I, I, Airdrie should probably have taken it if you have been harsh. I mean, they got a couple of bites at the cherry after they made the initial save. There was a few rebounds where you think one of them should have got into the net and they could have had their goal, but no, I felt, I felt really sorry for Airdrie there because they were they were initially undone, but a, a world-class bit of goalkeeping, to be honest, by Scott Bain.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it was a pretty professional performance from Celtic, all in all. Didn't really... Well, I don't think anyone ever thought they were going to be in too much danger of being on that. Having said that, I mean, they... I thought, I, I don't know, what uh, yeah, they get the job done and it was pretty professional, but I thought Celtic and the whole were
1: quite poor, to be honest. I watched a lot of the game and mm. they had tons and tons of possession, obviously, as you would expect, but, and it's the the problem that Celtic quite often have at home is that they struggle to have that, they struggle to cut open teams at the in the final third, but you would have expected against Airdrie that they would have got in a lot more than they did, and I thought they were quite disappointing, to be honest, that they would have been looking for, they'd have been looking for a lot more than a 3-0 beating of Airdrie and. I thought Airdrie did really well. Airdrie stood up to the fight well, they defended well, they got back in numbers, but I thought it's nah Celtic Celtic didn't penetrate them anywhere enough. I think, privately, Brendan Rodgers will be disappointed with
0: that. Mm. I mean, on the face of it, Celtic, it's probably a game that both sets of fans will be coming away from relatively pleased, given Airdrie didn't discredit themselves at all. Thought they gave a very good account of themselves. Unlucky not to score at Celtic Park, which most teams struggle to create a chance at Celtic Park. So... And it's not like Celtic put a weak team, so fair play to Airdrie, despite uh, defeat um, uh, Celtic with a very professional performance. Moving on to another game, Dundee won, Queen of the South won, Tom, you have a very uh, vested interest in Dundee, was this a game that surprised you? I've seen a lot of people had this down as, well, I say upset, but would it have been that much of an upset if Queen of the South uh, had won this one?
2: Um, perhaps not. I thought it was, and there was a slight debate on the Burst Ball Twitter about it. I thought it should have been included. You're
0: um, an idiot, so.
2: I thought it should have been included. But, uh, no, it's another one, Winter Break. You think this would be quite a good one to get fans back inside? There wasn't a lot of fans at Den's. Um, that Do you know how many specifically? 2000s, something? Jesus. Low 2000s. That wasn't totally to do with McIntyre and the football being played. The the prices, there's a massive issue at the moment as they're trying to um, save up for this new stadium that is supposedly happening. But um, yeah, it's another one, a winter break. You'd think they could, a win here, or even a win, or a win at all here, would have maybe got the fans back on side a bit more. Maybe got a few more on the ground and even a cup run as well to take their minds off. This impending uh, relegation scrap they're in or their they're away to face could have um, been a massive uh, boost as it would have been to Motherwell, Um but as you said, I don't think it would have been too much of a um too much of a surprise if Jesse Current hadn't scored that absolute screamer.
0: Aye, fantastic goal, I have to say. Um something you ha we haven't really seen from Dundee this season is too many moments of individual brilliance. Mm-hmm which is probably why they are where they are Um, Mm. Not much of a surprise seeing Dobby on the score sheet was it? I mean I've only seen the highlights from this game but Mm. the the chances Queen of the South created um, all of them I think directly involved Dobby, I think as you said probably one of the best players outside the top four teams in the country Do you think Queen of the South will have a promotion playoff this season? Um, Um, Sorry a promotion push or is uh, think... Dobby a wasted talent at Queen of the
1: South
2: um, no you want to have some I wouldn't say a wasted
1: football? talent no because that's where, that's where he mm-hmm. he's chosen to be you know I think for family reasons and everything yeah. that, that's where he wants to stay I don't think he's got any ambition of moving anywhere else you know and he is he has cracking on I mean he'll, Dobby will not be about forever he isn't it's a twilight of his career so uh, no I, I, wouldn't, I don't know I, I don't think he would like to be called a wasted talent because he's been and done a lot but I think he's just quite settled
0: to mm-hmm. be honest Mm. well maybe not a waste of talent more just like we could probably do a job for a top 6 side
1: oh absolutely I mean I would I would kill to have him at Motherwell put it that way and I think most teams most teams out with Celtic Rangers most teams outside Celtic Rangers actually would see a place for Stephen Doby in their squad mm. it, it is nice
2: kill? though it is nice though like seeing someone score a lot of goals rather than just levelling out at maybe Motherwell I still think he would score a lot you <laughs> would see him sitting on 33 goals and Middle of January.
0: Yeah. I mean I know what
1: you mean. It's it's nice to see a talent a talented mm-hmm. player like that staying kinda of loyal to a team that aren't in the top flight, mm-hmm. I agree with
0: Yes. Uh, that was Dundee Queen of the South. They'll be playing next Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. So replay for them. Uh other game worth mentioning, Hibs 4 Elgin Nil, couple of new signing, well, Ryan Gold new signing for Hibs into the into the team, uh Camberry on the score sheet. Um what did you make of, did you see any of Ryan Gold's performance? Tom, I know, obviously a former Dundee United mm-hmm. player back in Scotland, mm-hmm. by all accounts, done very well.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've not seen any of it, but I've read quite a lot of Hibs fans and uh, match report saying that they've won 15, the league. Eight minutes, which is encouraging because <laughs> the those sort of rave reviews that you've um, we'd have expected to, to hear about um, while I was in Portugal given he probably, he was one of the best players I've ever seen at United not the best thing, that's obviously reserved for Scotland captain and Liverpool left-back Andy Robertson, but um, it is nice to see him hopefully playing every week, which you imagine he would be given the wages he'll be, Hibs will probably be paying at some like some percentage of uh, yeah. he wouldn't be sent out on loan to Hibs if he wasn't playing, so nice to see him doing well
0: I don't hopefully. think we expected anything other than a similar scoreline to this, Lewis, mm-hmm. did we?
1: no I think Hibs are a team that are quite good in home matches at seen off <laughs> lower league teams to be honest uh, no it was the one it was the one that I ever thought there was any any chance of an upset and to be honest you, you would expect New Lennon's Hibs to, to score a few goals against Elgin I it was uh, aye, it wasn't a surprise for me it wasn't a surprise
0: yep well done to Hibs um, obviously the other results Kilmarnock 2 four, 4 nil. Um come on to them in a wee sec in regards to some off the field things Uh Inverness beat East Kilbride 4-0 I mean you could perhaps have seen that being a bit of a tricky one for Inverness but mm. sort of dealt with that very comfortably East Fife beat Morton 2-1 a wee bit of a shock there Tom
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, as I said earlier Morton are quite unpredictable I think you'd expect that with someone like Johansson in charge who is um, inexperienced in his first job you're going to have times where he, um, he'll make inspired players um, uh, team changes, and, or uh, substitutions even, that was the word I was looking for, Jesus Christ, <laughs> uh, <laughs> late on a Sunday here. Um, and then there'll be other ones where uh, he can be found out by managers, and uh, I don't think that's... He, uh, Martin fans would be too wide, obviously, and I, I feel like I've said it before, but a cup run would be nice, and maybe he takes the pressure off having a successful season, which they he might just fall short of between now and May.
0: Mm, uh, speaking of taking the pressure off, Partick Thistle forced Renor one, a pretty big mm. victory for... Uh, Gary Caldwell at Partick after a lot of stick Partick fans don't really seem to have got behind him um, potentially a game that you could easily have seen Stranar taking something from, perhaps even force a replay but Partick won pretty comfortable in the end, which is surprising and speaking of comfortable Wraith Rovers 3, Dunfermline 0 in the big derby um, thought Dunfermline would have given a bit better account of themselves I have to say uh, obviously, big bumper crowd at this one. I think Dunfermline sold out. Yeah, brilliant
1: crowd at that game. Aye. I remember uh, that was what I mostly took away for that watching the highlights. What a tremendous crowd!
0: I Dunfermline sold out their away end. I think so. Yeah,
1: yeah and Wraith looked like that brilliant home support as well. So, I it was good to see. That's that's what the cups all about.
0: Aye, um, obviously Dunfermline fans will be pretty pissed off at their team. They just seem to continue this weird sort of malaise that they seem to be in this season. I think I've mentioned it before, but a lot of us had them. Up in the, the playoffs, near I the top totally of the league. Eight. Aye, it's, it's, ridic- yeah. it's ridiculous. how much. But was, that, there, was uh, that early
1: season against Dundee and the Betfred Cup? Was up to Dundee? Did they did they draw? Or did they win? They the won. Yeah. I can't remember. They, they won. I and they looked absolutely brilliant. That. I mean, I remember that watching Miles Hippolyte for them, and he was <laughs> uh, he was ex. how is it he say that again? Hippolyte. Hippolyte Hippolyte, Hippolyte aye <laughs> I remember, uh, it escaped me, It escaped me there. Brexit um, borough, <laughs> eh? Aye, that guy. Aye, they, no, they were brilliant that day. And I think that, that contributed towards why a lot of us in the bus ball had Dunfermline had up there in the playoffs, at least because they were, they were excellent that day. and we didn't realise that the D were just as bad either at the time.
0: Aye, uh, pretty shocking result for them, but absolute delight for Wraith Rovers. Um, 3-0 in the Derby, and the Cup doesn't get much better than that. And final game of the round, St Johnston 2, Hamilton 0. I think this is the most predictable result of the (laughs) the entire uh, fixture card. I think, well, St Johnston scored after a minute and I think that was the the game dead and buried. Interestingly, um, looking at some of the comments after this game, Hamilton fans totally won. Canning gone.
1: Yeah, I've noticed that they've... uh... Yeah, I find it quite strange that this is the, the straw that's broken the camel's back, to be honest, because, um, I mean, they're, no. they're not, it's not as if they're, they're adrift at the bottom or anything. They're, they're well, well in the fight and, yeah, I find it, I think it's more, I think we've discussed that off the podcast, but I think it's more the style of football yep. that they've grown bold with. But then again, they are, you know, the are Hamilton that, to, for Hamilton Aki to be playing in the top flight with the, the fan base they've got, I know, I think, Hamilton to keep ticking must have a wee bit of backing as well but uh, for the fan base that they've got and the size of the club they are it's, it's admirable but stunning to be honest that they're in the top flight so it's uh, I, I think that's when they might live, live to regret a wee bit to be honest maybe I, I would be careful what I wish for I don't watch them every week but yeah I'd be careful what I wish for to, well, to be honest I find it a wee bit strange going to St Johnson where most teams really really struggle to go and in the cup as well I mean, I mean the cup can't be I mean, staying up is always Hamilton's priority. A cup run's nice, but I find it strange that this is the one that's that made this a uh, witch hunt for Canning.
0: Well, you say that, and I've seen somebody say um, Martin Canning's kept Hamilton up in every... So he's, he's doing his job in every season that he's been manager. Uh, mm-hmm. And the amount of Hamilton fans that were responding saying uh, such a naive point of view that... Mm-hmm they don't watch Hamilton every week it's the manner that they're getting beat, the style of football they're playing and the fact, I think I've seen somebody say they've scored less goals less points and conceded more goals uh, progressively every season, Canning's been in charge and I think he has a win rate of around 20% and has a minus 100 goal difference in his time (laughs) at Hamilton so I think uh, there's more than just a case of Hamilton fans wanting to sort of stay in the division. I've, I guess it's only human nature that, um, and well, uh, to be honest, they're well within their rights um, after seeing the exploits of Livy this season um, to be able to want to progress. And as you say, this seems to be the result that Cannon's taken a lot of stick for. And I, I heard that he said his dad got some abuse at the game or something like that yeah, after that. after yeah. the game. Um, and you never really hear Martin Canning get um, too animated, but he was absolutely seething about that and said it was something he didn't accept, which, well, obviously, but it was yeah, just. That um, a line, doesn't it? it all seems to be sort of slowly unravelling for Martin Canning at Hamilton, Tom, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, a man, a man at the end of his tether, you'd imagine.
0: Literally. And,
2: yeah. <laughs> the, and as you said, the, if it is a minus 100 goal difference, that probably I think would get him yeah. not just as a fan, but as a coach. You'd imagine that he'd <laughs> probably think to himself that there's got to be more to football than winning yeah. every five games. Well um, And just staying up, but yeah, there is a case to be made that you to be careful what you wish for. But that that again is arrogant and naive if you're saying that because these are the the Hamilton fans that go every week deserve something. Oh, no, I get that. Oh. And you've seen the case that. Um, uh, teams will go down after having a long struggle in the league. Not 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 all, not necessarily in Scotland across the world, wherever, um, having just stayed up for x amount of seasons, and they go down and start winning games. And then there's a, a feel good factor about a club um, that you maybe seen with Ayr because they went down and the championship came came straight back up, and uh, they look a, a much healthier and stronger outfit than they yeah. did before. But Hibbs yeah, probably
0: a better example in terms of a top flight team. Mm
1: took a wee while for them to get back up up the way
0: <laughs> well yes but I mean when they did I mean they've been pretty decent mm-hmm. so yeah um, right. I think that rounds up our results in the Scottish Cup I just want to take uh, just kind of talk about a few talking points now Um kind of a couple of controversial talking points that have sort of arisen in Scottish football over the last few days perhaps one wee bit older but we haven't been around to discuss it and I think we deserve uh, our tuppence worth of the matter but first um, the Greg Stewart saga Um, What are we making of this one? Very strange, obviously, on a season-long loan at Kilmarnock, recalled by Birmingham, and then ends up back out on loan at Aberdeen, despite, apparently, I was told by KC, I mean he did say this was on Kelly Forums, um, that Kelly matched Aberdeen's offer, um, and obviously Steve Clark's come out in the last few days and said um, it's a deal that has a whiff of bullshit about it. Um, Tom, what have you made of this? What is your take on this one? What I, I, is the bullshit that Clark's referring to?
2: That must be some sort of backhand um, payment. Aye. Apart from anything else, it's it's just so peculiar, given that he didn't, he wasn't very good at Aberdeen. Hmm. Um, I could kind of understand Aberdeen maybe thinking, right, give him a chance and uh, get him a loan, and then hopefully sign him in the summer if he's any good. And you, what killing have done? Um, that Aberdeen didn't do, and have shown Aberdeen is play him in his best position. And he is a very good player. Um, release him, don't let him defend too much. Because when he was scoring all the goals for Dundee, he was um, his defensive duties were very limited and struck up a good partnership with um, Hemans. And there clearly is a player in there barring that the spell at Aberdeen and the majority of his time in England. Although I do have a bit of sympathy for him, given absolute shit show that is Birmingham City FC Um, but it is odd and you'd imagine if they did match their offer then there is some there must be some sort of foul play there because um, with the greatest uh, deal of respect you'd imagine would probably rather live in there in Glasgow and play at a club that he's had success at
0: Hmm. Uh, Before I sort of give my view on this, Lewis, what do you think has happened here?
1: Well, I think Steve Clark's probably right, to be honest, that it does all smell a wee bit fishy to me. Uh, yeah, the, the whole a sudden recall and then going up to Aberdeen, uh, can only matter what Tom says in it, to be honest, because he didn't exactly set the header like Aberdeen the last time he was there, did he? But, you know, that that's uh, it's sometimes the way football goes. I think, to look at it from the other side of the view, the other side of the fence, rather, it's a brilliant bit of business with Derek McInnes, mm. and it's quite, quite ballsy in a way to to go and bring back somebody who... I mean, he didn't really play a whole lot before, did he? He was in the bench a lot.
0: At Aberdeen? Was he not? Aye. Yeah, off and on, aye. I mean, he did get a fair aye. share of assists and goals, but probably not enough to justify his... a, a, a re-another spell at Aberdeen. Yeah, so it's been quite quite a
1: sort of ballsy decision for McInnes, I think, to go out and get him back. I don't know... I would question the whole sort of legitimacy of the whole recall and then right back out and loan sort of thing, but... Mm. Yeah, I would question that, so I can see why Steve Clark's raging, I can see why look are fizzing as well, especially when it's to one of the, well, probably to the most direct rival in the league this year, so it's a wee bit, it's a wee bit sort of, sort of dirty, isn't it? But nevertheless, that's that's sometimes, the way, that's sometimes the way the world goes, and I'm sure Steve Clark with all these contacts that he'll doubtless have down south, will be able to pull another rabbit out of the hat and get Kilmarnock another good striker. In.
0: Mm. So what I think's happened here, because I had a wee think about it, I think... Obviously Birmingham and a bit of a state financially have (coughs) been notified of interest in Greg Stewart in terms of they would receive a loan fee um, in terms of clubs would be interested in paying a loan fee for him. So they've recalled him from Kilmarnock on obviously loan terms where they're not receiving any substantial money. Um, And they've loaned him out to Aberdeen. I think he's... Well, McKenna said that other clubs were interested. Other clubs have put in an offer... Um, including a loan fee to Birmingham so that they receive some cash from the deal Um, and Greg Stewart has picked Aberdeen um, and Aberdeen are paying a loan fee of this is a complete guess but I'd probably say about 100,000 or something like that um, to have Greg Stewart from Birmingham. I just think Clark's referring to Birmingham in the deal in terms of Mm -hmm. they're trying to just maximise the amount of money they can receive from all their players at the minute, just due to their financial state. If you like, um, I think that's what's happened. I mean, obviously, yeah, it will
1: be something like that. It will, uh, It's always, it's always boils back down to money, doesn't it? So it's uh, it will be something like that. Definitely. Yeah. But I would think as much as Steve Clark's probably targeting. Uh, oh, his bullshit going into a wee bit more at Birmingham than Aberdeen. I would still think there'll be a fair bit of needle when Aberdeen and on up next lot
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there always is now, um, given that Steve Clark appears to be the best manager in the world, um, and Derek McInnes (laughs) isn't. Um, (laughs) I think Casey would have something to say about that. Um, But sticking with Kamani, I think the other thing that I wanted to speak about um, was the Jordan Jones fiasco. I think, obviously, he signed for Rangers on a pre-contract agreement a couple of weeks ago, but we've not been around to speak about it. Uh, And obviously that infamous tweet that he then sent out kind of had the majority of Kelly fans um up in arms about his time at the club and he shouldn't play again. Since then obviously Steve Clark's come out and said he has his personal back and and if fans boo Jordan Jones then they boo him as well. Uh, Tom, would you mm. obviously it's a bit of a strange scenario with a player signing a pre contract agreement mm. with your direct rivals um for the season. Would you have him in the team uh-huh. after showing disrespect to kill like he did, or do you think it was just a bit naive?
2: I what he did was naive. I think he maybe got a bit carried away with getting this move, um mm. apparently he's a Rangers fan, but that that seems like it could be a bit uh, a bit Tenure, of a made up apparently all, why. to suit the apparently all. the narrative of Rangers recent a few races, Rangers' recent signings even. Um yeah. the same's happened at Dundee with Kamara and he is probably far and away Dundee's best player. Um maybe not uh, the most directly influential in terms of goals and assists, obviously not, but he is such a key part of that team um, and you saw it in the win over Hamilton in the 4-0 where he was just levels ahead of two sides who were so closely matched on the table, if not Dundee being worse, I think yeah, they were at that time as well still, but uh, his the difference he made on the pitch and um, that's something that Jones is capable, capable of as well, but I think, or I know McIntyre once rid of uh, Kamara he wants those wages into the team and um, and in his defence he's made it all about that he's not said the player lacked commitment and he'd imagine Jones would as well I think he'll he'll be up for it but what I do I do think's wrong in the whole situation obviously tweeting we are the people is moronic when you're still really not at the club mm-hmm. um, but the main issue is that the disclosure of these pre-contracts I think it was Aberdeen Tansy Aberdeen got from Inverness two seasons ago and they did yeah. the same and I just I've got no problems with pre-contracts but if you just didn't announce them until after the last of the season then I think that that would probably be the fairest way because now, now Jones and Kamara have got targets on their back if they, they stay at Kamara and Dundee respectively I think Jones will and I, I'd imagine Kamara's probably played his last game for Dundee um, or so, so McIntyre would, would hope anyway but um, no, I think if they, if they kept that quiet then there would be no problems and I, Dundee and Kilmarnock fans, I think it's probably just about come to terms with the fact Dundee definitely, I think there was hope at Kilmarnock, but not um, not quite an expectation that they that they've, that's them away, they'll, that they've, they'll be ready to say their buys come May, and I think if they'd kept this quiet, and yes, maybe going to a, a close rival on Rangers um, isn't the best thing to do, but at the end of the day, these are, as Lewis mentioned earlier, they have all, all boils down to money, and these are people who are footballers for their short career, so yeah. I don't blame them for Goat Rangers, it's just the way he tweeted, obviously, but mm. the disclosure of pre-contracts is a bit of an issue, but stupid and regardless to t- tweeting what he tweeted. All
0: right, Lewis, what's your take on this? Obviously, Tom says just a bit of naivety. Would you accept somebody from Motherwell doing that kind of thing? Would you still want them playing for the team? I mean, I think it's a shame Casey couldn't come on for this one. Obviously, he'd yeah, yeah. have a big say on this one, but I think, <clears throat> personally, my well, view on it's... this is that once you come out with something like that, you, you put immediate pressure on yourself to perform and you become a bit of a scapegoat if things are going wrong and I think it's all just sort of a, a beginning of an end as soon as you do something like that.
1: Well, I think, listen, fans of fans of sort of smaller provincial teams in Scotland don't like to see their players go to the old firm, especially teams like Colmarnock, teams like Mullowote that have got a bit of a... Sort of They've always had sort of ties, if you like, with the old, you know, Commander could always accuse of being a Rangers town and maybe teams from the Central Belt that are nearby and things as well. It's sore when you see a player that's made a real impact leave to the old firm. It feels in a way as if they're sort of betraying you, as if they're selling out a bit. But at the same time, that that's part of the deal. It's part of the deal for players when they come up here. They come up from whatever level they come from to put their sale on the shop window, play well, buy into the team at the time and get a big move, you always hope as a fan, that that's going to be down south, or abroad, or just not to one of the old firm, but sometimes that happens, and you know, if he likes it up in Scotland, if he likes the life up here, or whatever, and then he's getting offered, probably four or five times, maybe more, his salary, 20 miles up the road, he's he's, al- he's always going to take it, I think the, the tweet was, was ridiculous, to be honest, it should have been, you know, in an age where football clubs, have got so many, sort of, media, People controlling it and everything. I don't know how somebody <laughs> couldn't have pulled them in. Some somebody couldn't have pulled them in and sort of advised against that because that that was a, a, a ridiculous thing to do and it was always gonna it was always gonna cause grief among command support. But I suppose you've just got to you've got to remember that as much as as much as you like these players and that they give a lot for the club and they might get very into it and everything. At the end of the day, it's just their job and they are going to do daft things sometimes, not really thinking about the repercussions of it you're right in what you say, Right, he has made a complete and utter rod for his own back, he's, he's going to be under a microscope before he goes to Ibrox now, he's going to need to turn in the highest calibre performances there to keep fans off his back, and yeah, you know what, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't slate a Comarnock fan for, for slating him, if you like, but I, I would I would urge them not to, because, I mean, I, I, would, I would be soured a wee bit by it myself, because it's not nice, I've been situated like the with Motherwell as well, it's not nice to see, but you would urge them just to keep keep supporting him and while he's done something like that I don't doubt that he will down tools I mean he's a he's a really committed player I would think he'll still turn in as good performances as he would have if he hadn't signed the pre-contract with Rangers so yeah I think you've just got to back back him while he's still your player and then once he's gone he's gone and then you can hold whatever opinion of him you like but I think it's to the detriment of the team if you turn on him now
0: yeah no, well said um, thank you both for giving your um, sort of views on that yeah uh, go back to the scottish cup now um mentioned it at the top of the podcast but i'm looking for an obscure scottish cup memory from both of you um lewis i will come to you first i did ask you for this uh off air so Good. i'm hoping you're prepared well you know what?
1: i've got a few i've got a few of these because
0: uh well that's a shame because a i asked bigger- for one
1: <laughs> I, i don't like got one standout because to be honest, most Sco- over the years traditionally Scottish Cup means one game and out for us generally. But one, one that can actually stick by a couple of years ago. I think it was twenty eleven. It was the year we reached the final in the first round. We went and played Stranraer away, and we won, we won two and but it was a really a tight game. And I remember Armandoni was playing up front for Ra and I've never, I had never at the time, and I never have seen any anything up front, like it. I mean, yes, aye, because uh, I mean you must, it must have weighed or north of sixteen seventeen stone, to be honest, and he was slow as trickle, but, you know, but he lasted 90 minutes, and he, he kind of bullied our defence about a bit, I mean, we were struggling to contain him, but, I mean, I was standing there as a 12-year-old boy, or whatever, and it was funny, I mean, watching this guy running out park, it, like, it was like, your dad, you know, trying, to, trying to lead the line up front for this, one team up over the way at the time, so it was, it was, that, that was a, a really strange thing, then there was the, the game we had against Inverurie Locos a few years ago as well, it was, it was kind of January time, it was the year that we had a really really bad snow, 2010 I think it maybe was, and it, I think the game got called off about six or seven times in a row, and it was at the stage, they just kept putting on another day, putting on another day, and it, you knew it was going to be off before you'd even heard it was sort of thing, and I remember that actually get played, I didn't even know about it, because I, was, I remember, I mean I was just a wee boy, I was out the street playing with my pals or something, and you know what, this game was meant to be happening tonight for about the seventh time. And then I came in later on and it was, it was sitting in the computer or something later on, I was like, Chris the one, 3-0 up at, in Baruri, John Sutton scored, but, right, okay, so, <laughs> finally, like, it played, I think, you you struggle to find a game that gets, and I was not like that, I mean, I was anal about all things, mother was as a wee boy, you know, so, I think, uh, aye, that was that was a strange one, that was odd.
0: Uh, aye, um, like yourself, I think a lot of uh, Scottish Cup <laughs> memories for me have been uh, blanked out, um, Cough Queen of the South um, certainly I'm not gone with that as my obscure Scottish Cup memory but I'm going to go with more a moment uh, of pure brilliance from uh, 2012 I think it was, 2012 Scottish Cup semi-final against Hibs, I don't know if you remember Rory Fallon's goal, do you remember it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I do eh? um, Ultimately I mean meaningless, pointless um, <laughs> because in true Aberdeen style they then considered a late goal, I think Gary O'Connor scored to just sort of rub salt into wounds it's extremely embarrassing but that moment uh, from Rory Fallon, despite being utterly useless, I mean, apart from maybe a, a, f- a couple of goals at Fir Park, I don't know if you remember those, Lewis um, he, I do remember them yes. <laughs> he provided me with one of the best goals I've ever seen live believe it or not Um just absolutely ridiculous out of nowhere. Ball sort of felt him, turns and hits on a a volley looped over. I can't. I think it was Mark Brown that was in goal for Hibbs at the time, um, and <laughs> just celebrated like absolutely mental. Just Rory Fallon's just scored a a volley from thirty yards out. It's just stuff that just doesn't happen in football. Um, but then t- typical Aberdeen style, they then went and conceded late on, so it meant absolutely nothing. Uh, Tom, <laughs> oh, sorry hard to continue just, the depression. Um, mm.
2: Sorry, I was just drinking out of my burst ball mug.
0: You interrupt. It's available at all local goods uh, bookstores.
2: Mm. Where, where can we get it, man?
0: <laughs> it's not not to be. Uh, well, yeah, I mean that was a, that was a wee joke, Lewis. Um, <laughs> that. I mean, just, just before folks start trailing in Waterstones, the are one am looking for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why would you go to Waterstones
1: to get a mug? <laughs> <laughs> well, he said, available at all good bookstores, so that's yeah. why. Yeah. A nice wee Christmas yeah. Yeah, that, may, that might be that yeah. answer, Danny. Ah,
2: oh, sorry, I didn't hear um, it. Anyway, you can get a first personal <laughs> mug. Ryan, where can we find them?
0: Um, you can get them... I will link it in the description of this podcast Mm -hmm. because it has escaped my mind. Well, I mean, it's on a website on Redbubble, but obviously it's very difficult Mm -hmm. to find out exactly where that is. Um, It will probably be added to the um, bio of our Twitter soon, Mm -hmm. just to make sure that we ripple you off and make a bit more cash. Um, (laughs) So, Tom?
2: Yeah, Unlike you two losers, I've seen my club. Uh, win the Scottish Cup. So and I'm aware this is the most obscure, but I just want to mention it. Ross County held United three. On, Glory um,
0: Hunter.
2: The fifteenth of May, two thousand ten. Yeah, Glory <laughs> Hunter. It'd
0: be good to um, play a team like Ross County in a cup final, would not it?
2: Oh, <laughs> if, it's, if it's not against one of those old format, doesn't it doesn't count. Well, that's where my memory comes from. The quarter final against Rangers, who we played twice. Uh, first, I brought. It's got the replay. Took them to Fortress Tannadice, and David Robson scored with his arse. That was one of the best days of my life. Um, superseded uh, two months later. Was it one 0 One nil, two one. It was the winner anyway.
1: Can't right. remember. It was two one. Was it no? Because I, I've got a vague, vague memory of Rangers scoring a goal. It could have been. But <laughs> the one thing I'll take away from that game was. Uh, I
0: think that's just flashbacks to the seven at Ibrox. The seasonless. So I'm not too sure. I know. I see one every day. I can.
1: Yeah. For the amount of games, I've seen them score against us, I could see a new Rangers goal every day for the rest of my
0: life. <laughs> Sorry, Tom. Mm-hmm. We've ruined your uh, moment here.
1: Yeah. Aye. That's been a
2: very positive Dungeon um, United podcast so far. Um, I feel weird.
1: Well, I get to the point? I have. I've sort of said what
2: my memory was. Oh, was that it? Yeah. Oh, okay. My, my best memory was seeing my team win the Scottish Cup, which was fucking amazing, so... Obviously, you two won't
1: know much about that. I must admit, I was looking for something a bit more odd than that. I've did you Armandoni and Inveruri, you coming I, out with that? I think uh,
2: a very good set, Scottish centre midfielder scoring with his arse is quite memorable.
0: Odd, as well. And you could cut the tension of the <laughs> knife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on, the, just to the last B section. The, obviously, the draw was done earlier after the. Hearts game was completed earlier today. So Ross County, Inverness, Highland, Derby. Uh, Hibbs v. Wraith Rovers. Kelly v. Cowdenbeath or Rangers. Uh, assuming oh, that'll be Rangers. Uh, history rewrites itself. Hearts v. Auchinleith Talbot. St Mirren v. Dundee United. East Fife v. Partick Thistle. Um, Aberdeen or Stenhouse v. Dundee or Queen of the South. So that's Stenhousemuir v. Queen of the South. And finally, <laughs> Celtic v. St Johnston. Um, what are your picks for TV here, guys?
1: I think the Highland Derby is definitely going to be on TV.
0: Mm, it's a 1-0. Uh, I think What's it's a that? 1-0 if I've ever seen one.
1: <laughs> uh, a 1-each, they like it. Yeah. I think a 1-each in that game as well. Uh, that, that'll be a pick. I, mean, I could see that maybe being the BBC one, and then they can never ever resist getting the Celtic and the Rangers game on as well, <laughs> can they? So I would think, I would think to be honest, as, as unimaginative as it is, I would think those three will be stick-ons.
0: Mm. Tom, will you be making the trip to Paisley?
2: Yes, I will. Um, look forward to it too. Uh, some bad memories at um, up in Paisley, but
0: mm. I was with I you for like one of them actually. One.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I got remember that, don't we?
0: No. I, uh, you weren't there. Like
2: expect to to make a new good memory. <laughs> Maybe that'll be your memorable memorable memory for uh, when we do this podcast in five years' time about um, your favourite moments from the Scottish Cup.
0: Mm. Yes, uh, let's hope something a wee bit better than that's happened by then. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, I think that rounds off the podcast. It has been good to come back for the new year and speak to you both once again uh, for all things Scottish football. Thank you for joining me, Lewis. I know how uh, valuable your time is these days. Is it? Well, uh, (laughs) football hunting at your uh, valuable... uh, place of work uh, sorry football player hunting at your valuable place of work getting uh, signatures on napkins um,
1: <laughs> now that you've seen my look, Ryan came and saw my work on Tuesday there so you can now obviously put a wee bit of meat on the bones yeah
0: and Greg Wilde walked in as we walked out uh, so he was so actually I telling I really the
1: truth that <laughs> <I> suddenly, uh, <laughs> it wasn't one of my many lies eh? no no it's, it's, unlike <laughs> me to, uh, it's unlike me to miss a trick in there as well I was I was uh, quite raging I was couldn't kind I of got a wee napkin signed but no
0: nah. Nevertheless, pleasure to be on. See you again. Mm. Add it to the collection of Dembele and Ryan Jack. Um, thank you, Tom, for uh, joining Steven us. Stephen McManus as well. Yeah, a lesser name. Uh, mm. <laughs> thank you, Tom. Uh, thank you
2: for having me. Uh, pity about the end there. I mean, uh, Lucy's relationship soured significantly. Um, so this is probably be the last time you hear both of us on the same podcast.
0: <laughs>
1: Well, My relationship with Tom severed significantly when he was staying over at my house last week and I kept up all night by that snoring ass.
0: <laughs> uh, do you want to uh, allude uh, more on that? Why you were staying at each other's <laughs> houses? Or will we just end uh, the podcast there? No,
1: we stayed at each other. Tom was staying at my house because he was going down to uni the next day so it was easier for him to stay here. Mm. So he was sleeping on the floor in my room like a wee lap dug and oh my lord the snoring that was awful.
0: And then slowly crept <laughs> into st- your bed as the night wore on. <laughs> And with that, I think we will. Put your book down, Ryan. (laughs) With that, I think we'll end the podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening. Uh, It's been another terrific round of the Scottish Cup, and we'll be with you next week with Premiership and league action from across football in Scotland. Thank you.